Hey everybody, it's Across the Palmcast with Dave. And Abby. So today um, is kind of my episode, but let's do some housekeeping notes first. Oh, that's what I'm going to try to put it at the end episode this time so people actually listen to the whole thing. But Oh, okay, we can do that too. Yeah, I just figured, you know, try to change things up, different format, so we'll see. So hey, go ahead with the episode. All right, so this episode is actually one that was requested by my friend Jessica. So thank you, Jessica. Thank you for talking to us um, and having your friends draw pictures of Pokemon for us and everything. We love you. Um, so today we are going to talk about vampires. Woo. Yeah, somebody doesn't like spooky things. Particularly ones that can suck your blood. Yeah, I mean... I'm not overly fond of the idea, but I think vampires are pretty cool. And actually, this is a great place to start because in the beginning um, of the literary vampire, it wasn't necessarily a blood-sucking thing. Mythologically, it was more blood-sucking, but literarily, that's not a word. Literally? That's not, that is a word, but not the right word. No, it's not the right word. In, in, in book. Okay. <laughs> um, they weren't. They were more life draining, not blood sucking. So, like, they eat your life force. Yeah, yeah, more so. Um, like that. They they just survive off of draining your life force until you become very pale and anemic and die. Which is what blood is. Blood is our life yeah. force. Okay. Well. It is. Um, so this is more like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting. And if you haven't read it, um, you should. Although I will warn you, um, it can be kind of troublesome in the way that uh, Frankenstein is a bit tough to get through because of all the letters. Dracula is in a similar style where it's very like journal letters. Where the day is epistolary novel. They are epistolary novels. Oh, see, good job with the words. You can have all the words today. Yeah, well, you know, occasionally I get those. So, yeah, um, I jumped the gun a bit by talking about literary vampires. So, we'll go back and talk about the historical things of vampires um so there are a lot of different myths in a lot of different cultures about blood-sucking life-stealing monstery beastie things you know when they call them beasties they sound less terrifying do they they do like if i was told you tell me tell me is a is a cave of vampires over there. I'm scared, see, there's a cave of beasties over there. I'm like, well, okay, well, beasties sound like they could be kind of cute. They're not, but it sounds cuter. It's just a very, it's a more friendly term, beasties. It makes them sound diminutive, which is probably, which probably to them is very, like, um, emasculating. Well, unless you're a girl vampire, I guess. What, what is the, for, what is the formal word you'd use? So, a man you emasculate, what do you, what do you do to a woman? Do you defeminate? Well, I don't know. I don't know. How do you, what's the word you, can you, or can you emasculate both genders? I mean, I don't understand if that's a. You were on 
top of the words today. I have no answers for you on that one. Um, but female vampires are kind of interesting while you brought that up because so we, we think of like Dracula and we always see the male vampire. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and female vampires tend to be more like succubus type things. Oh, I kind of know what those things are. They're mythological. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think of, uh, we'll just jump the gun and throw in another movie, Van Helsing. Uh huh. I've seen it. Those, those female vampire things. I don't remember it. I'm more like succubi. Well, I remember that movie though. Doesn't Dracula reproduce? Which I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the creepy little sacks of baby vampire things. Right, which can't happen because they're dead. So, Yeah, so that's another thing. Um, these myths often involve the undead, or people coming back from the dead. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's an old Norse creature that is similar to a vampire, and it's basically an undead creature. Um, there are several theories that vampires descended from Lilith, who was Adam of Adam and Eve's first wife, um, but she was not created of Adam, so she had her own mind, and therefore things went badly because she did her own thing. I mean, I'm familiar with Lilith as, a, as, like a, as one of the top demons, but I've never heard yeah. I've never heard of her being Adam's first wife. And then to that point, so in your viewpoint, like so since Eve was taken from Adam's rib, she doesn't have her own mind. I because I have never had that interpretation before. <laughs> um No, I'm not saying that she didn't that Eve didn't have her own mind, because obviously she did. She brought down the fall. A bit more. Huh. And, and, and different. <laughs> I've, I've never heard that. I just know, I know of Lilith as like a, you know, yeah, top notch. She's like the mother of demons and such like that. Because vampires and demons are often lumped together as well. well I guess they are. Vampires are seen as very demonic. And yeah. again, soul sucking type of thing. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, you know, I guess be well, you know, see, that's the thing with the term monster. I don't think all monsters are monsters. I don't know. You know, this is we should look at the humanity of monsters because, like, um, I'm sure somebody's written a dissertation on that. Probably. <laughs> I with you, I don't think all monsters are monsters. Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. I feel so bad for. Yeah, he didn't want that. He just got me because some man, man wanted to make his mark in the world. Which, um, actually, listening to a other podcast, that talked about how, um, shoot, what was it? Oh, yeah. So Mary Shelley got her idea for Frankenstein from her husband because her husband had studied the reanimation of bodies from a pre from a previous man. It was just you know a fun little connection to make. So yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Um, a... and her husband was um, Percy 
Shelly. Shelly. I can't say his the other name. Bish? Bish? Oh, I don't know his other name. Um, he drowned. He did drown. His death was really mysterious and creepy. Um, but he was a really good poet. So I like to throw that out there. Was he? I have never read his stuff. Oh, he's, look him up. Um, they're definitely of the same time. Ah, I never, oh, fair enough. Well, obviously, but their work kind of resonates. Not to me, at least. I don't know. Okay. Um, anyways, though, so back to vampires. Back to vampires. So um, a lot of people, because we have all these, like, films and books and such about vampires, a lot of people think, oh, that's it. But no, people really, really believed that vampires were real. Not, like, that that long ago either. Um, in, oh, no, what, I can't remember the date. I, it was 18-something, I think. You mean the New England Vampire Panic? Yes, exactly. Yeah. They actually had people, they, uh, this is very unscientific, but they thought, like, if, if um, it was related to tuberculosis, is what really, yes. what really happened. But they thought people were actually getting getting eaten by vampires. What they would do is they they dig up the person's body, and if the heart still had blood on it, which bodies will decay, take a while for it to disappear. They thought they all, oh, you know, you're also a vampire. So the person who was getting infected had to actually eat the dead person's organ. Super, super yeah. gross. Super, super, super gross. And while nobody was nobody was murdered during this time period, I still find it I find it more unstomachable in the Salem witch trials. Only yeah. be, because in the Salem witch trials they, they, they kill innocent people, which is way worse than this. I think it's more gross if it, oh you have to actually consume human flesh to rid yourself of it. Just it feels less human. I understand murder is very unhuman, but like I just feel like eating. The organ of a human is way worse than murder for some reason. Am I? I don't know. I just. I, I will disagree with you on this. I think the Salem witch trials were horrific. We should do an episode on those. I know a lot about them. Um, but yeah, it is really bizarre the things they did because I mean, yeah. So they they did that, which is disgusting. Um, but they would also like. Let me see. They. I'm pretty sure staked people mm -hmm. occasionally with iron rods because iron is very mythologically it protects you from evil things I mean, I've, heard, um, I've heard silver but never iron oh no iron is even older um, hmm. yeah, so this is a tangent but um, evil like spirits and fairies like type elemental spirits mm -hmm. people especially in like more where i am would send children out with iron in their pockets they would just give them a little iron nail or something to carry around in their pocket so the fairies wouldn't steal them away oh changelings this is a thing over there yes yeah changelings and so iron was very very protective that's a very unique myth the changeling myth is a very interesting myth that's unrelated to this, but it. it's just a very interesting uh, myth that just that doesn't, I don't, you know, want to know the origin of that because it's just. So, I actually think that it can be somewhat explained by postpartum depression. Well, maybe. Maybe. They just would, of course, because everybody 
way, way back when attributed natural things that we now know about that are now explained by science. They attributed that to supernatural sources. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thinking your baby is not yours and, and such like that. Yeah. Tie in very well with that. Um, That's theory. It's possible. I know also too, historically, Redheads would have to be vampires as well, uh, at least in the old, old times. And that's probably because they were very pale skinned and, you know, yeah. so. And of course, um, so vampires and being undead, um, that has to do with the whole pale thing as well. When yeah. you're unwell, um, probably when you're suffering from tuberculosis, when you're anemic, you look really, really pale and your skin looks different. Mm hmm. When you're um, dead, obviously your skin looks lifeless and different as well. Cold. You know, that's the thing to think about. So, like, vampires nowadays, are they're very sexualized, okay? Yes. And if they're undead, they're going to be cold. So, like, who wants to get along with a very cold, I mean, it's not a lifeless body, but it is, it's, it's going to be cold. Like, I just, you know, that I never thought about before. But like someone who is always cold, I take slight offense with that, but also not really because I completely understand it. Yeah, but like you're still. I would prefer a warm, living person nearby me to a freezing person. Yeah, granted, but like I mean, like they're like you're. I mean, sure you're cold, you're cold, but you're not like you're not you're not dead cold. No, I'm not like not an icicle. Right. So like I don't really understand. And to that end, also our high sexualized nature of vampires now, it's like so often like you'll see like the vampire like bite them, it's part of like their it's part of um what's the word for what that thing that does for intimacy. It's like uh hmm words that make me feel awkward. That's where we're at right now, we're in very awkward territory. We know how we feel about how I feel about reading about sex or you know, talking about it. Um, it's a complete natural thing. It just makes me weird. I don't know. I just get, I blush. Um, it's like very, I, I hesitate to use this word tantric, but like they make it seem like it's a, you get bit into like ecstasy. But I'm like, what, like what part of having somebody basically puncture your skin and suck your blood is like enjoyable? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I can get biting, Sure, but like actually piercing the skin was like what a vampire would do. Like, where is like that at all? You know, so, euphoric. Uh, in the Vampire Academy book series, they explain that by saying that the vampires have a um, not a venom, but like a numbing serum. Okay. Venom in there in their teeth so when they puncture the skin it actually um releases this serum that creates a like numbing pleasant feeling i i don't i don't know if i i can't create numbing to feeling pleasant no no i have an aversion to like biting my younger sister liked to bite a lot when she was little and she it was a very painful experience growing up with her. So I, just, the, <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, it's a, it's a rabbit hole you can go down, but we won't get there here today. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. I vampires today are just well, you know, I just it's a very interesting way we turn them. Or I well, I guess we make we make everything sexualized now. I guess in cinema. Yes. So but I mean, this I, has been going on for a while because I mean, Dracula's um, well. Bram Stoker's Dracula, that vampire was very sexualized. In the book. Uh, in the book. Yeah. Okay. Because he was very charming and he was aristocratic and he had a very mesmerizing persona, charismatic, and um, so he drained the life of younger girls, younger, very pretty girls. Mm-hmm. The implication was kind of always there. Which, now- which I mean, but how they read like so in the book, how he read away the fact that he's biting them, and how he read away the fact that it was painful but euphoric. Did he he's not do, biting them? What? He's not biting them. He's draining their life force. So there's no actual biting. It's just it's a uh, okay. Well, that's well, that's different then. The um, so there have been lots and lots and lots of movies. Um, and the movies do a lot more of the biting. Yes, the ver- the version with Gary Oldman as Dracula is the one I'm thinking of. Um, so with Gary Gary Oldman as Dracula, Keanu Reeves is um, shoot Harker. Harker, and then uh, Anthony Hopkins is Van Helsing. Van Helsing, I love that version. It's very good, although when he transforms into a bat, it's freaking terrifying in that movie. Yeah, so that. Um, the transformation thing was brought about more than to um, the fact that they could change forms, shape shift almost. Although that morphs with a lot of old mythologies about other monsters, using the term very loosely for monster today. <laughs> we are we are a monster, judgment free monster zone here. Yeah. Across the podcast. So along with the biting thing, um, sunlight killing them—that was something that didn't quite come about until later. So before they could actually walk out in the sunlight and be fine. Um. Well. So here's the thing. When are you most likely to encounter a monster? What night? Yeah, in the dark, because humans are in- instinctively afraid of the dark because. It, one of our senses is taken away um, and our others are heightened so immediately we're on edge um, and it's the sense that the unknown, we don't know what's out there so Dracula his powers are, are limited in the sunlight but it wouldn't kill him does he sparkle? He Spratu, the film mm-hmm. in 1922 I believe that's the first time when sunlight kills a vampire. Oh, okay. Right. Of course, TV shows, movies, they need to be more dramatic and graphic. Like Twilight, where they sparkle in the sun. Because that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, have you ever seen a pale person out in the sunlight? They kind of sparkle. Yeah, I guess they kind of do shine, don't they? Yeah. I'm not trying to verify like that that's a great description of vampires in any way, shape, or form. I find it really silly. Um, it's a beloved book series, though, so you know how it works. It is. 
and vampires don't just burst into flames in sunlight in the original mythologies. You know, honestly, if monsters were smart, they would learn how to attack during daylight, then we wouldn't see it coming. Exactly. Although werewolves, um, werewolves can't, but, you know, other monsters no, could. Not particularly. They're kind of tied up with the moon. Yeah, although I mean, the moon can create a full moon can can create a lot of light, so it can, yeah. Although, is that more scary and sinister? I don't I personally love taking walks in the moonlight. I'm not scared of it at all, but for some people I know, they go outside and there's moonlight, and they they just get really freaked out because it's not the sun. I like moon. I think moonlight's very romantic. So you know, yeah. It's just nice when you're walking in the forest at night to be able to see where you're going. Well, I, don't, I don't do the forest. I don't sound suspicious at all. I am not a werewolf, I should state. Fair, Nor yeah. Am I a vampire, contrary to some popular beliefs. Um, yeah, I don't know about we're walking we're walking in the woods at night. That's not a good idea, but that's because actual animals could actually attack you, um, you know, on occasion. Like hedgehogs? I was thinking more like bears. They don't have bears here. You have bears there at all? Like, ever? No, um, they were trying to reintroduce wolves to Scotland, I think, a, a while ago, but I don't know how that went. That's a bad idea. Why? What happened to Belle? And being in the base with wolves. I mean, come on now. Let's be. Let's, let's think about this here. Like, we just think Have of... we learned nothing from Disney? <laughs> Seriously? I don't know. I can't believe I don't have bears. You're, you're, nothing, nothing there could eat you, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're pretty safe in the island of yours. Yeah, till till the island sinks. I'm running into a hedgehog. You haven't ever seen one. You haven't ever seen one yet in the wild. No, I haven't. Huh? huh. We don't even have raccoons. No trash pandas. No trash pandas. See, it's very boring fauna there. I guess. I mean, we've got some cats and dogs and pigeons. And get those everywhere. I mean, what you need are like some bears and caribou and elk. You might have those. You you have deer at least. Yes, you do have deer, and the because the king used to like to hunt on their king's lands, which is such a dumb idea. See our previous episode about that. Do we have one about that? I can't remember which one, but I remember talking about uh, green spaces. It was the green spaces one. Ah, that's and right. That, we did do that. Gardens and all that. Yeah, that's true. I forgot. Um, yeah, so back to vampires, though. Vampires. Oh my goodness, we are straying so far from the point. Um, so yeah, there are like written records of people who were suspected vampires. Um, because so a lot of times suspected vampires um, were the cases where people claiming to have seen people who had died shortly before, um, they saw them wandering out and about. Um, which is kind of creepy, yes, but maybe they didn't die. Um, information was a lot more difficult to spread back in, you know, the older days. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they would be very suspicious of dead bodies, like 
with fingernails growing, hair growing, um, moving and such. But this is just what happened when bodies decompose. We know this now. Scientifically, it's fine. Um, gases have to be let out of the body, so it's going to move. And this is really freaky. This is why I'm getting burned when I die. Yep, yep, exactly. I don't want anybody to be thinking I'm a vampire and then driving iron rods through my heart or anything like that. Stuffing garlic in my mouth. They used to, like, stuff garlic in their mouth and nose. I wonder where the... I wonder where the garlic myth came from. A garlic would repel a vampire. I am glad you say this because I learned a new favorite word while researching this. Oh, boy. So, garlic is an apotropaic. I hope I'm saying that right. Apotropaic, which means it's an item that is able to warn off revenant, which is revenant can be used as a term to define an undead being or just Something you don't really want coming at you. Mm. So garlic, they could also use wild rose and rosemary. Um, And I believe it comes from Romania. Um, It's always been great for you. It's always been used to ward off like colds. It's a natural remedy for many, many things. Um, They used to use it to protect them against the plague and demons, which makes sense. Um, that they would then use it to protect them against vampires, as vampires are very demonic. Um, so they used to make people eat it to Ugh. prove that they weren't a vampire. Ugh. I would love that. I could eat garlic all day, every day. Um, it's uncon- it's, on days, it's uncomposed to me, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> no worries about that. I'm seeing you through a screen. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to tell. Um, and so garlic is actually used in Dracula by Van Helsing to protect Lucy. He puts a strand of garlic around her neck, I believe, when she's ill. Hmm. So, yes, haha, answered one of your questions. You did. Um, I love garlic. Honestly, if I could go around wearing garlic, I probably would. Um, to prove that I'm not a vampire, to ward off other vampires and and people in general. Well, they work on that count. Yeah. You drive people, people away. So, on the lines of vampires being demons, you probably know that people have also tried to use crosses and holy water against them, and they can't enter um, consecrated ground. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, going with the demonic thing, um, because... Demons and the church don't really get along. It's fair. It's understandable. Yeah, so memorize some Latin verses to yell at anybody you think is a vampire. Will do. Or I'll just carry, you know, garlic in my pocket. Like, you know, yeah, I just get too. some. I mean, the more apotropaics you can have on you at one time, the better. I think I like using that word. I do. I really do. It's my new favorite word. I've been using it all week. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there there have been, obviously, there's there have been a lot of popular vampire books and TV series recently. We've got True Blood, which actually isn't that recent now. It's been over for a while, sadly, um, 
which is the Sookie Stackhouse I'm familiar. series. I've never seen All I know is just basically it was full of sex. That's what I've been told. I've never it watched it. Very much tied vampires to sex. Um, but it was interesting for more than that. Weren't there, like, we, weren't there like weird panthers in there, too? Like something like werewolves, yeah, but only the, but, but yeah, the panthers. There were werepanthers and werewolves and um, a bunch of other supernatural elves. There were elves. I forget about the elves. And elves? Fairies. Oh, boy. Yeah. It, it's really interesting. It was it was a great fluff series to read in between other very serious books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's Twilight. Everybody knows about Vampire Diaries, the Vampire Academy. Um, series. Um, of course, Dracula is fantastic and pretty much kicked it off. There's uh, lesbian vampire killers. There's that yes. too. Which <laughs> which is exactly what you think it is, isn't it? Well, it depends. you think it's lesbian vampires who get the kill or is it lesbian, people who kill lesbian vampires? It's, it's a very vague title. I'll tell you, you need to watch it to really find out. I mean, it's it's got James Corden in it, so you know it's funny. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's full of British humor, so you might appre- you'd appreciate it. I would appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So vampires. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Any more questions? I can't think of any right now. I mean, the pressing ones have been answered. I guess you know. In, uh, oh, Interview with a Vampire. I forgot to mention that one. Never seen that one. It's a good movie. It's a great book. I feel like most women watch that because of the eye candy, though. Isn't it actually a good movie? <laughs> yes, I would say it actually is a good movie. It's not just about the eye candy. It's it's about... There are a lot of vampiric themes explored. And actually, that kind of brings up, because uh, I know like a lot of the Anne Rice books, like Prince Lestat, which is French, and Vampire the Vampire, they are also French. So, like, my thing is this. So, vampires come with a Romanian origin, but then why have the French overtaken them? It seems like, it feels like... Um, so, it's not necessarily true that they come with the Romanian origin. Um... There are a lot of superstitions that seem to go along with Romania. Um, and also, we totally forgot to cover the historical things, even though I kind of mentioned it. Let's talk about Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, well, you know, he's... For a second. Yeah, so he ruled Wallachia, I think I'm saying that right, in Romania. Sounds right to me. Yeah. So that could be why. Um, but, I mean, Europe has been around for a while, and there were, like, mentions of vampires in 12th century English records, um, and 16th century Jewish records, and 17th and 18th century Eastern European records. Right, but why, but why has, like, media, some for some reason, slatched them into being French. So I'm, I understand they're all over the, the record, but like they are made very French a lot. Of, like I just don't understand why the French get to, you know, I don't know. 
It's just because maybe it's because maybe it's this reason. Because so vampires are traditionally like you know, in the Bram Stoker version, they're they're very they're they're made to appear very very like you know like you said regal is and French society is very high society like all highfalutin, and so maybe that's why. I I can I guess I can see where you're going from here. I would argue that most vampires aren't French. <laughs> Well, now they're not, but like for, you know, like I said, like the Anne Rice novels, they were fr- French. And even the vampires. A lot of the characters are the same, though. What? Huh? Like, like that? Yeah. And they're, they're not like completely different characters. Like, a lot of the characters in her books intertwine. Oh. I don't know. I've never actually read it because I don't really want to read a vampire book, but you know, I'm familiar with the familiar with the storylines somewhat. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think vampires. A lot of them are French. Probably not. They're probably mostly American now. French were seen like there are a lot of aristocratic French people, and as vampires gave off that charismatic, very fashionable, high society type of vibe, or they wanted to, I could see where you get that idea from. You know, it's an interesting thing to think. A um, couple couple years ago, now, maybe a couple of years ago, uh, I think there was a horror movie made about mermaids, but it's made, I believe, it's some kind of Eastern European movie that's what it is and I'm like they're not even on the ocean they're not even on the water like I feel like you shouldn't be able to make a movie about like a creature if it can't actually be in your country just a random thing just to throw that out there that's well, a, it's a break okay. I'm making I've not seen this I made. I forget what? what it is it's basically like a spin off of the little mermaid but like there well, do you know where the Little Mermaid took place? I don't. I assume like France or some stuff like that. Copenhagen. What? Denmark. Copenhagen. Denmark's on the sea though, so it's okay. It makes sense. Yeah. But like this is this movie takes place in a country that's landlocked, so it doesn't make any sense. Does it okay, that doesn't make sense then. I mean, unless there's a river leading to a body of water that a mermaid could feasibly get through. I don't know. And anyway, I, yeah. I mean, there's a distinct difference between mermaids and sirens, which are the tricky ones. Well, they're both pretty tricky. I mean, they'll both, they'll both eat you if they get the chance. Well, actually, no. Sirens won't eat you. They'll kill you. Yeah. Mermaids will supposedly maybe eat you, although I don't know. It depends on the myth you're looking at. Yeah, all those drown, all those drown you, like sirens do. Well, either way, you can tell myths were made by men, though, because so many myth- mythological creatures are women who are conniving. Just, it's a very, it's you know, mythology is a very masculine creation, and that's clearly evidence of yeah, such. Times, yeah. Yeah. Uh well, on that note. <laughs> Vampires, yeah. So episode has gone on for a while, hasn't it? It's. I think. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about vampires. Um, 
Elizabeth Bathory, I didn't mention, and she's one of my, like, I'm not going to say favorite historical figures. That would be weird. She's creepy. Yeah, um, she... And she murdered young girls to bathe in their blood because she believed it would keep her young, which goes with the whole blood and vampire keeping blood young thing. To gain life type of thing. Yeah. Would she be the last historical figure who would be attached to be to vampirism? No, goodness no. Um, she was in, she died in 1614, I believe. So who has there been yeah, since? Plenty since then. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're not necessarily like aristocratic like she was. There have been plenty of people like in the 1800s that were thought to be vampires. Yeah, I mean, like somebody who actually has some kind of historical clout, I suppose, is what I'm referring to. Like a major historical figure. Like Vladimir Pillar and Elizabeth Bath- and Bathory are both major political figures. You know, I don't care about, like, you know, Joe Schubert from down the street on Drury Lane. You know, that doesn't make a difference to me. But, like, I think she, she's like the last major historical figure, I think, to have any kind of vampirism, like, attachments to her. I don't know. Well, then you guys have to know who if, if there's more. You can let us know. This is a great. Yeah, tra- I will have to look that up, and and I'll let I'll let everybody know on one of the next episodes. Yeah, watch. We'll come back, and somebody will be saying, "Oh, Putin! Putin's a vampire." <sighs> you know, I'm not claiming that. I'm just saying there are probably theories. Actually, the. There isn't there. I don't know. I feel like there's, you, you you don't ever hear a lot about Russian mythology ever. Like you know, even though Russia technically considered Europe, you know you don't really, you don't really hear about the Russian mythology. Although I know there's a book series out there now. Like one of them's called Nightingale and the Bear, which is based off Russian mythology. But like you don't really know much about Russian mythology, which you know I bet you is pretty interesting. Probably. Just on the random side note. But anyways, guys, this episode is running kind of long, so we probably should cut it, you know, here pretty soon. So, uh, guys, please, please remember to email us at itsacrosspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to email us, tell us, you know, about any kind of your vampire, you know, things that you like about vampires or dislike, like, you know, me, because I'm scared. Um, do that. You can tweet us at podcast. You can find us on Facebook at podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher. You listen to us on Radio Public and, of course, on iTunes. And you can also listen to us on the Anchor FM app, which is how we record all of our episodes. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. So for Dave. And Abby. Have a great day. Cheerio.